well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. We're going to be uh, turning our attention to a state other than New Mexico today, at least briefly. Um, talking about what's going on in Massachusetts where, uh, you know, the uh, sweeping anti-gun bill, uh, HC 4420, was pulled from consideration after a fierce blowback by uh, gun owners, law enforcement across the state. Well, Democrats are retooling, and gun owners are not letting up on the pressure. We're going to be talking with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League here in just a second about a upcoming rally for gun owners in Boston, as well as the latest behind-the-scenes doing in the legislature regarding the uh, gun control bill in question. Before we get to that, however, Biden's America, well, it's crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. I did that this past weekend. Still feeling the pain. Truth is, uh, digital dollar, by the way, could be coming down the pipeline and completely destroy our way of life. <clears throat> How's that for an aside? The truth is, you need a plan. You know it. And I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-timing 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today... Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's get to our conversation with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League up in Massachusetts. A lot of stuff going on, again, both uh, at the state legislature and in the goal offices as uh, gun owners continue to push back against these unconstitutional gun grabs, the uh, carry killer legislation known as uh, HD 4420. Take a look and a listen. Jim Wallace, thanks so much for coming on the program, sir. Good to see you again. Well, you know, welcome back to the Second Amendment battleground state. And gosh, how many years have we been saying that, huh? Right. Well, either one of us would like to count. No kidding. Um, all right. Yeah. So so first off, I got to ask uh, before we delve into what's going on specifically with uh, 4420, how concerned are you that uh, Governor Maury Healy is going to take a page from Michelle Lujan Grisham and try to suspend the right to carry, declare some sort of you know public emergency in Boston or uh, the surrounding suburbs and, and try to just, you know, say, hey, listen, you can't carry anywhere? Amazing. You know, I, I talked about this yesterday to a group that the most frightening thing about COVID wasn't the disease or the mask mandates or the vaccines. It was the fact that government really stretched trying to find its boundaries and it didn't find any and that's the scary part and we're seeing it whether it's the weaponization of government from new york to attack the nra or you know the governor of new mexico pulling this stunt they they believe truly now they have no boundaries but one of the problems we have with that is that there's no punishments if they're wrong you know what whether it's this governor of New Mexico or somebody else that tramples your civil rights. And, and their whole thing now is, well, bring us to court, you know, bring us to court. And even if they lose or win, doesn't matter. It's not their money. And if right. they lose, what's the punishment? Nothing. Yeah. So what have they got to lose? Nothing. And, and that's the problem we're facing here in Massachusetts is rather than comply with Bruin, they're going in the opposite direction, much like some of these other tantrum states, we call them now, uh, because they have nothing to lose. Nothing. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. 
Yeah. It, it, you know, uh, you're right that they have nothing to lose. Um, except maybe political power, right? So you look at New Mexico, and one of the problems that the governor had is that uh, she couldn't find anybody to enforce her order, right? She she made the order, but uh, but nobody really wanted to enforce it. If 4420 comes out, uh, and you know, you see not only gun owners speaking out about this, but uh, the police chiefs association, uh, individual chiefs start speaking out about what a nightmare bill this is. Uh, and I think that that had an impact, too. Right. Because, uh, you know, these politicians, they want to be able to claim with a straight face that they're doing something that's common sense and, and reasonable. Right. Uh, no rational person would object to what we're doing here. And yet when the people who are in charge of enforcing the law say, hey, you know what, this is going to infringe on people's constitutional rights. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I think that does have. Uh, at least a a little bit of an impact on their attempt to completely obliterate our right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, well, first of all, I think common sense and reasonable, that's hate speech in the state house. Yeah, it's kind of interesting where where we found some allies in this. Um, and even people that would normally be the speaker's allies definitely took a step back but in trying to address uh, uh, something that would comply with Bruin we recently had a meeting with a high-ranking senator and I said you know I think the easiest way to approach this is you give me a, a, a finite list of very specific problems you're trying to solve and I'll help them solve I'll help you solve them and we were told we really don't have a list like that. We can't give you a list like that. And they said, well, that's scary. But how about you use our language on the so-called ghost gun bill that doesn't affect the good guys. It only goes after the bad guys. And then we were told, I don't know if legislative, legislatively we could separate those two groups. Wow. Sure nice you can. <laughs> yeah. It's really easy to do yeah. so, right? I mean, if you're yeah. caught with a firearm in the commission of a uh, crime, then you're not yeah. a good guy with a gun. How about that? Right. I mean, I, you know, listen, I'm sure there are exceptions to every rule, but that seems like a pretty easy standard to follow, right? I would think so. But what they're trying to do, which nobody's been able to do in history, is completely prevent the crimes from happening in the first place. And I asked them, you know, because, you know, gun parts, let's just, use that they said well we should make it harder to get them and i said why well because criminals are going to get them uh, okay can you tell me where it's legal to buy heroin in massachusetts and they just kind of looked at me so what are you talking about i said because apparently they get it every day everywhere so it's completely banned throughout the united states i don't know how much harder you're going to make it for them to get it and they get it every day so why are you going after our people? And they just really had no answer, which they yeah. usually don't. So, yeah. Know, there you go. So, so what is the latest with 4420? I mean, when the last time you and I spoke, uh, legislature was in recess. You had just held the, uh, the rally in Quincy, uh, but lawmakers were getting ready to come back after Labor Day. I know that the, uh, the Senate's working on their own bill. The House said that they were going to be revamping uh, 4420. So where do things stand right now, Jim? Well, right there, I think uh, the Senate uh, has formed a working group, if you want to call it that, and is trying to figure out 
where they're going to go, we're pretty sure, well, not even sure, we've been told ghost guns and live fire are getting done. So how that happens, we'll see. Again, we have language in uh, that actually came out of a committee two years ago with a favorable vote that hammers the bad guys and leaves us completely out of the picture. Uh, another, you know, because one of the things they are concerned with is these Glock switches showing up pretty much at every gang member's house in Springfield. Mm-hmm. So but we have legislation that would handle that as long as you're a prohibited person. If you have any gun part, throw them in prison. I don't care. They shouldn't have it. But not our people. Leave our people completely alone. The live fire, the interesting thing about that is there isn't one person in that building or outside the building that can answer the question of what problem exists that this is supposed to solve. Nobody can answer that question. And all we get is, well, it makes sense. Well, once again, that's hate speech in the state house, so don't don't tell me that. Um, but you know, oh, we just want you to have good quality training. Really? So the moms want us to be better at being a gun owner. Hmm, that's interesting. Because they hate us, they hate guns, but they want us to be more proficient in shooting. Right. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. So there is no safety problem. We don't have an accident problem in Massachusetts. So, but nobody can answer that question. They just want it. And, you know, so it, what it's, would, it's, what would that mean from a practical, uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. what would that mean from a practical perspective? Like if, if live fire training is required in order for you to get your license to carry what you need in order to own a pistol in, in Massachusetts, are there enough ranges to go around? Are there enough? I mean, no. Okay. No. No. And that's the problem. In several meetings, I've asked, well, if you're going to mandate that, what state-operated range can I go to to receive live fire or to, or to practice? And they just kind of looked at me, you know, horrified. I said, well, a lot of other states around the country do it, and they don't mandate anything. They just provide training. Because yeah. we know Massachusetts doesn't actually care about gun safety. Because of its history, they just like to pass laws. So who's going to pay for this? And we also know that during COVID, Charlie Baker arbitrarily shut down access to the ranges. Mm-hmm. So you won't be able to exercise your civil right if they just arbitrarily shut it down, right? Similar to what the governor of New Mexico just did. So we know that's a possibility. The other thing is, what's the curriculum? Because nobody's talked about it yet. You know, if you're going to mandate live fire, what does that mean? And the last one we saw was a mandatory four hours, 50 rounds of ammo. All right. What am I doing for the other three hours and 45 oh, minutes? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, <laughs> fire shots, sit down, have a cup of coffee, you know, fire a couple of shots, you know, talk about the Patriots and how bad they are or something. Right. But nobody talked about the curriculum. And. Uh, with everything else that's in the bill, there's no state funding for anything, not even on their side of things. So likely is even if it passed in some version, they're not going to provide any money to the agencies that are supposed to be doing this. So here we go. Do you have any idea when uh, when the Senate working group or, or when the House may come back with a uh, revised 4420? No. Okay. No, no, no clue because... We haven't even seen any hint of new language. It, it's still supposedly in the process. The Senate doesn't seem to be in a rush, but they would like to get it done this year. 
because next year is an election year. Yeah. And they don't want this on their shoulders when they're running for office. So I would say probably before the end of the year, we're going to see some kind of movement on this. Okay. The clock is ticking. And in the meantime, you all are not letting up on the pressure here. Um, what do you have coming up later this month, Jim? Uh, Wednesday, September 27th, we are holding a uh, 2A rally. We're calling it Bring Bruin to Boston Rally. And uh, we're going to be at the Parkman Bandstand in the Boston Common at 11 o'clock and then probably move up to the State House unless they've locked the doors because they know we're coming. Um, so it's it's going to be right there on a weekday. They're supposed to be in the State House on a weekday. That's the only reason we're doing it. And we're just going to the mission now is it's time for you to comply. You've asked us, demanded us to follow and comply with these laws for 25 years. The highest court in the land told you no more. And now it's time for you to comply. So what are you going to do to comply with that court order? And so far, they're not even recognizing it. Uh, I was told by Chairman Day a long time ago, all, all Bruin did was to say that licensing was okay. Now, here's a practicing attorney that on his website, touts himself as a civil rights activist but all bruin did was say licensing was okay all right yeah that's a uh that, that, that's a civil rights denier right there um <laughs> but you know again we we knew that all we had to do yeah. is look at uh, day's legislation and and you could see the uh antipathy towards the right to keep and bear arms on on every one of the 140 plus pages of that bill um, all right. So uh, September 27th, 11 a.m., you say yep. uh, there at the Boston Common. Um, and, and and again, I mean, if the message is it's time for you to comply. Um, are there lawmakers? Is there anybody that you've been talking to? Because I know that you've been holding a lot of you know meetings with, with legislators. Is there anybody on the Democratic side of the aisle that seems to get that message that even if they don't like guns, they don't like gun ownership, they're not big fans of the Second Amendment. The law is the law and a right is a right. And when you start abusing that right, you put on the black hat. You're now the villain of that story. Is there anybody there who gets that? Not many. Not many. E even high ranking people that I consider friends do not understand how bad the bill was that chairman day filed they really don't understand what the you know the huge backlash is why can't you just work with that bill when you try to explain to them that it's the worst attack on civil rights in modern times from a massachusetts legislative leader they just kind of look at you what do you mean and they don't they don't get it they one of the problems we're facing cam and i said this when bruin happened so many of our people said it's over. We won. And those of us in the know said, mm -mm, not even close, not even close. If you look at the civil rights struggles, whatever they might be throughout U.S. history, the court case is hard, but it's only the first step. Yep. Hardest part is social acceptance because the court may say X, but, you know, you talked about Virginia schools, right? They still don't recognize or accept that the Second Amendment is a civil right. They still think it's a privilege. And it's going to be a while before they get to that point. And the problem is, in Massachusetts, so many of the voters are with them. They, they consider us to be the great unwashed, you know. 
Um, it's interesting because yesterday when I was speaking at the group, I actually said that Second Amendment community is truly a marginalized community in mass by its own government. We're the only ones that face this kind of bigotry and oppression from its own government. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they don't get it yet. Yeah. Well, you and a lot of Massachusetts gun owners are going to uh, continue to remind them of that fact in the uh, weeks ahead. Uh, Jim, listen, I want to have you back. Um, if not before the rally, I certainly want to talk about the uh, rally again beforehand, but uh, I would love to get an after action report from you uh, sure. after the uh, the gun owners show up there on Boston Common and bring Bruin to Boston on uh, September 27th. I, I wish I could be there in person, but uh, we're going to do what we can to make sure that the word gets out about this. Well, you'll be there in spirit for sure, Cam. Absolutely. Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners actually, as always, man, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for uh, staying in the fight, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. All right, brother. Well, thank you again to Jim for joining us on the program. We will continue to uh, keep you up to date with what's going on in Massachusetts and uh, give you a reminder or two about this uh, rally between now and when it happens as well. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report, we'll start there with a, a case out of North Carolina. Check out this headline. Gunman arrested after Hope Mills store shot up during robbery exactly one year after previous North Carolina conviction. That's right. Just a year after, uh, well, taking a guilty plea in a robbery case. The uh, suspect has once again been accused of robbery. 24-year-old Jamie Mack Tyler arrested last Friday in relation with this most recent Robbery apparently lives right down the road from where the uh, gas station he robbed was uh, shot up about a week ago. Uh, it took place on September 7th, around 10 p.m. at the Short Stop gas station in Hope Mills, North Carolina. Suspect wearing a, a black zip-up hoodie and a black ski mask, displayed a handgun, demanded money from the uh, workers behind the counter, at one point fired a, a gunshot into the counter, and then as he collected the cash and walked out the front doors, he fired another shot. Again, uh, the suspect arrested last Friday. Tyler's now been charged with robbery with a deadly weapon, second-degree kidnapping, shooting into an occupied structure, as well as possession of a firearm by a felon because he was placed on 24 months probation exactly one year ago on the day of the most recent armed robbery there at the shortstop. Uh, Tyler previously convicted in Robeson County on September 7th, 2022, of felony common law robbery. In that case, again, no prison time, just a slap on the wrist, probation, even though it was a felony sentence, right? Tyler uh, currently being held in the Cumberland County Jail in Fayetteville, North Carolina, under a $110,000 bond. And uh, I, if there aren't these questions being asked, there should be questions being asked of prosecutors there in uh, Robeson County as to why that plea deal included no prison time whatsoever for a violent felony charge, especially given that Mr. Tyler apparently didn't learn his lesson while he was on probation and is now facing additional charges of armed robbery. Today's armed citizen story from uh, Melbourne, Florida, West Melbourne, Florida, where police say a resident shot and killed an attempted burglar, actually uh, shot and wounded another one during an attempted home invasion over the weekend. Some uh, scary moments there for the uh, homeowner in question. Uh, officers responded to an apartment at the reserves of Melbourne for reports of shooting inside an apartment early Sunday morning. Officers learned that multiple people had forcibly entered an apartment, possibly armed. At least one suspect had a gun. The apartment's resident, armed with their own firearm, shot multiple times, struck two of the would-be intruders. One person taken to a, a local hospital where they were pronounced dead. The second person, who was also shot, went to the same hospital they're currently being treated. 
according to uh, WESH, many of the neighborhood caught off guard. Uh, Sarah Goodman, who has a relative who lives in the apartment complex, said, uh, oh, my God, this is sick. This is wow. Uh, but she also said, you know, I'm a proud Second Amendment person myself. So if you invade my home, I'm going to protect my space. Another uh, nearby resident, uh, Miles Fickhart, said the homeowner had to do something. It's self-defense. It's why you have a gun. If he didn't have that gun, I'm sure he would be in a lot more trouble. At this point, uh, no charges filed against the homeowner who shot the uh, home invaders. Police still working to try to figure out uh, whether or not the uh, suspects and the victim knew each other. Uh, what might have motivated this potential home invasion? West Melbourne police say at least three people were in the apartment at the time of the home invasion. Again, none of the uh, residents inside that home were injured, thankfully. We'll try to keep our eyes on any additional information and bring them to you, bring those details to you when uh, they become available. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, we'll able to do the right thing. A police officer in Florida who saved a man who was choking, all of it uh, caught on camera. There's uh, one of the screen grabs. You can see the officer in question there at the uh, top of the video. This was in Boca Raton. Uh, police officer Bassoon standing by at a car wash when a man who was eating his lunch started choking. The uh, man saw Officer Bassoon and then ran over to him, indicating I'm having trouble breathing. Uh, that's when the officer performed the Heimlich maneuver on the uh, individual in question. Uh, didn't take just a moment or two for that uh, obstruction to be dislodged. The uh, individual in question surviving without serious injury. And a lot of folks uh, giving thanks to Officer Bassoon online. Police uh, posted a uh, story about this on their Facebook feed saying the gentleman expressed how grateful he is that the officer was there in his moment of need. So, again, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save a life. Officer Bassoon with the Boca Raton, Florida Police Department, we thank you for your very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. And just a reminder, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got the uh, state trial over Measure 114, which is kicking off in Oregon today. Always the possibility of new decisions coming from the federal courts. It seems like we're getting those on a daily basis right now. So I'd encourage you to uh, check out BearingArms.com throughout the day just to stay up to date on the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. If you like what you see, also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter just like your support. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday as well as you can, given that it is a Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.